1: Hello and welcome to Streets Ahead, your podcast dedicated to all things cycling, walking and wheeling in the UK and beyond. I'm Ned Bolting.
2: I'm Adam Tranter.
0: And I'm Laura Laker.
1: And this, still just about, is 2021. This is our year-end roundup. We're talking about the year gone by, the highs, the lows, as well as our hopes and dreams uh, for a better world in 2021. 22. But before we come to any of that, because we haven't podded for quite a while and last time we all saw each other, it was in the flesh in Nottingham. We've had massive news affecting one of our uh, triumvirate of activists here on our team. And that is Mr. Adam Tranter, the small matter of becoming cycling and walking overlord or commissioner, to put it another way, for the entirety of the West Midlands. Adam, many congratulations. And what's it like being the, uh, the West Midlands walking and cycling tsar?
2: Oh well, thanks very much. It's great so far. There's a lot to a uh, lot to learn, a lot to do, but uh, yeah, it's really enthusing. Actually, I started at possibly the best and worst possible time, just before Christmas, just getting into my stride, and then there's having a little bit of a break. But that's given me a chance to stop and consider and think about the the strategy for for, for next year and beyond.
1: How, how how does your your job differ? From I don't know the positions the kind of high profile positions that Boardman Chris holds in in Manchester Sarah Story in Sheffield you know that Andrew Gilligan used to do in London are they all the same kind of gig or is each is each job come with its own packages of responsibilities and areas of of kind of authority I suppose uh,
2: yeah largely largely similar I spent a lot of time talking to Chris uh, and and Will as well about actually. How it would be best to to have this set up, and that wasn't something I was involved in. But the the mayoral team wanted to get this to be that as most effective as possible. So learning from all the things that that Chris and Will and others have learned over the years has been uh, has been really important. And you remember on this podcast, Chris said you've got to be speaking for the boss, and you've got to have access to the to the cash. And they were the two you know the two important things for me going through this process. And pleased to say that i've got you know the buy-in and and obviously there's uh, some of it you have to continue to earn through through trust and through doing good work i think we're in a really good a really good spot so uh, so yeah it's
0: it's largely similar to those roles so um will norman will is will norman of london uh, the london cycling and walking commissioner who's been in the role longest i think of all of our cycling and walking commissioners in the uk what do you think
2: uh yeah i think so five years four years something like that
0: yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? So they've been good advice. So do you, you don't have the kind of cash of, of London's Cycling and Walking Commissioner, though. I guess that's one that's one of your challenges that you're going to have to face.
2: We have a proportionate amount of cash for the region. In my campaigner mode, I'd always say, oh, it's not enough. But in Commissioner mode, I think there's a lot of stuff we can be doing and a lot of ways that we can spend this cash more effectively, I think. So, you know, it's not insignificant. Andy Street, the mayor of the West Midlands, has committed throughout his term to spend sort of £10 a head in the West Midlands on on active travel. And we also have what's called the City Region Sustainable Transport Settlement, CRSTS, as I'm starting to (laughs) learn. And that is, uh, you know, over a billion pounds awarded to, to the West Midlands for primarily bus and active travel schemes. So, you know, you could come out this with um with a 100 million or so, let's say, awarded to stuff that's really going to benefit active travel over the next 5 years. So, uh it's not insignificant and and I think we've got to start sensibly as well because I think one of the worries of everybody, including the treasury is if you give loads more money, could local authorities spend it as effectively or do, you know, is this a process? And I think it's probably a bit of a process because we've spent the last sort of 50 years not really doing anything for active travel so you have to kind of learn and, and build on top of that success.
0: Mm. It's, it's kind of exciting for the West Midlands I think um, I remember when we did our West Midlands episode we gave the region well Andy Street a bit of a hard time for um his uh focus on the, the old canal towpaths and, and not much kind of happening on the ground but it seems like maybe things are shifting there which is great because I think one of the the kind of defining features of 2021 in terms of cycling and walking is what a postcode lottery it's been for many people. Some people have got huge strides in their areas for walking and cycling and some have got nothing or going backwards. Yeah. So whenever somewhere gets a big push forward like this, a statement of intent, then it's really exciting, I think. I think
1: can you can, can you give us, I mean, obviously you haven't been in the job very long and a lot of these things, are, I guess, are kind of in the very very early stages of planning and um and assessment but can you give us an example of any any kind of you know concrete infrastructure projects that might be visible by by this time next year that actually will make a sort of difference on the ground the kind of things that you might be looking at
2: yeah so there's the um uh, not just because of my work in coventry this is one of the major schemes generally but um we have the binley cycleway, which is going to be a really High quality cycleway from the city centre in Coventry going right out to Binley Business Park in the east and also then north to the University Hospital. It's about seven kilometres, I think, all, all in. Really high quality stuff all being funded, uh, has been funded pretty much. And that's being led by the, the Westminster Combined Authority who who I now represent. And work's well, pretty much starting soon. And, and I think the learning from that is that we need to do more of those more quickly. I think Coventry had a bit of a plan. They had a really good designer who had started to already scout out where the next cycleways could be and started to kind of sketch them up. So when money was available, as it will be in the future, the region was able to go, right, well, there you go. You know, you've got some plans, you've got a good scheme, it's going to where people want to be, go and do it kind of thing. And I guess one of my big things for next year is to try and get as many of the, the seven local authorities in the region to that point where they've got a bit of a pipeline going and we're, we're focusing, I guess, on what's going to make the most impact because there is, there is funding and it's about getting stuff in the ground and I think the mayor has been probably a bit frustrated in the past about the kind of speed of delivery with stuff and that's sort of one of the things I'm charged with speeding up. So we should see, uh, you know, the Cowden cycleway in Coventry which is funded differently by the air quality stuff that Coventry has is really, really good and, and we're starting to see stuff that people are looking at and going, oh, they're doing good stuff. And I hope that we can get that in every one of the, the seven uh, local authority areas.
1: My big concern, Adam, is that you're going to become like quite a dry political presence on this podcast. And, you know, got all, the, all the spark will go out of you. All that kind of cheeky <laughs> verve and, you know, that kind of campaigning instinct. Are you? Have you changed? Has it changed you already? The chains of office? Have you been dragged down?
2: Uh, no, I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to ensure and, and Ned, I I ask you to, to keep me in check here. I, I want to make sure that I'm not being overly boring. Uh, and also I want to doing this job is a big job and I work for the taxpayer. So there's, there's an element of sensibility required there. Part of it is kind of diplomacy I guess in, a, in an extent but one of the reasons I think they hired me or the, what they said they hired me is because I've approached this differently and I have you know a way of communicating things I guess that's slightly different to other folk and I want to kind of continue to do that I might have to tone down some of the kind of brashness sometimes <laughs> but but i think i think you've got to be yourself right otherwise you you just lose it and it's all pointless
1: well yeah, i think we could agree we you know we could do with a little bit of boring in politics at the moment so that's fine that's fine by me you can be boring you can be boring if you want adam as long as you get a job done no but listen many congratulations i think it's uh, I think it's pretty amazing i was quite surprised did you know that when we were all together in nottingham presumably you did you had it you knew what was happening yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but i am and you just didn't say we were with you all day and you didn't even let it slip once or is it the soul of discretion
2: well just just testament to how much discretion i have in in uh in this in this job so yeah no um i sorry i didn't tell you ned um i was too busy trying to work out how to pay for the tram
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was very complicated
1: it was super complicated um all right. Well, brilliant. Well, let's I tell you what, let's let's have a little think about we get the, the duration of this podcast. We can think about what we might, us three at least, one idea that we can pin a bit of hope to for 2022, for the coming year. So have a little think about that and we'll come back to that as a subject maybe towards the end. But in the meantime, I suggest we have a little dabble around the year uh, just coming to a close now, 2021, which has uh, been lumpy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's been... Mm. smooth stairway to the stars all all concerned. but um i'm sure we can find enough positive things to <laughs> as well as perhaps the lowlights to throw into the mix because it, it probably has been a, a a bit of both hasn't yeah, it laura definitely. i mean h- h- how do you feel if you if you were to think about what you might have learned and taken heart from as well as what might have perhaps frustrated you and disappointed you in the year gone by what would you what would you consider my gosh
0: well this morning uh i cycled here to East London from South London from basically where the Crystal Palace Mast is near there and um, it's quite a stretch it's maybe I don't know maybe 22 kilometers and it's quite amazing how many little cycle routes there are from there to here that weren't there before the kind of pandemic and some of it was there last year as well so we have um, there's um this lovely little Uh, cycle lane on Rosendale Road by a school, a little two-way thing. And then you go through, you're quickly into Railton Road. It's like a low traffic neighbourhood. And then there's like a long stretch where there's nothing. And then a couple of low traffic neighbourhoods either side of the main road. It's just sort of, you're in the bus lane with the buses and it's a bit kind of sketchy. But then, yeah, long cycle lane through. And then I've got the low traffic neighbourhood in my local area. And it's, there's quite a big change actually. I mean, locally to me also a big change kind of culturally how people use the roads around here there's like a real uh, sense of you know the roads feel safer so i remember rachel professor rachel audrey doing some research on this and saying that if traffic volumes get below a certain amount then you get people walking in the road and instead of on the pavements and i just thought well you never see that ever and sure enough it happens and you get people with small children just walking down the middle of the road and people just walk out without looking now <laughs> so when you're cycling through you kind of have to be on alert because people just don't look it's amazing they'll just they'll just step out um with this assurance that they're going to be safe and it's a wonderful thing and yeah that's kind of really given me hope that kind of micro level but also traveling around the city and just seeing these like oh there's a new little bit there that makes that junction safer or like a new low traffic neighborhood And so, yeah, that's been wonderful. And I realise it's a huge patchwork across London. Some places have had a taste of that and then it's been taken away. But I think there is a lot to be positive for and a huge amount of change in in the city. And, um, yeah, all credit to Will Norman and his team and then the local boroughs, because it's been a hell of a it's been a hell of a thing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I see exactly the point you're making about the change in attitude, the way, you know, the change of usage by the users. That's so key to all of this, isn't it? And I do remember, I remember yeah. the very, very, you know, lockdown one or whatever, that when it really, when the country really did go quiet, that phenomenon of, um, well, I, I, when I when I felt it was safe and appropriate to go out exercising and running, I used to run down the middle of the road, uh, quite instinctively, actually, yeah. partly to avoid people coming towards me on the pavement because we just didn't know much about the virus back then did we and also because you can't really pass to abreast on a lot of london's pavements because of pavement parking yeah um, so it seemed the logical thing to do is just step out in the road and kind of reclaim it instinctively i didn't really know the significance of what i was doing but i think it's really interesting what you said about rachel aldred actually backing that up with evidence that pe- people just yeah navigate, they just migrate into the road like that that's there's i think we yeah. can build on that that's a tool to to use isn't it
0: yeah, and we have pavement parking, so there's not actually that much room on the pavements here as well.
1: Especially not when it's bin day as well. Mm, yeah. I went for a run today, and when they put the bins out, the wheelie bins, mm. and you got yeah, cars, you yeah. literally don't have any room left on the pavements, yeah. do you? But that's, you know, but there we go. Mm.
2: Um, I went to Waltham Forest a couple of months ago uh, with, with some Coventry City councillors, and we were walking along with um, uh, Clyde Lakes, the deputy leader there, who, who who's behind a lot of this positive change. And the councillors couldn't believe that we were sort of walking around these vast streets, sort of in the road, really, and that it was quiet. And, and, you know, all the kind of typical things that that came a bit cliche during lockdown is I could hear the birds sing and things like that. Well, that's all still there in Waltham Forest. You know, I've lost it. (laughs) Where, Where I am, I can't hear the birds anymore. But in Waltham Forest, it's still there. And it really makes a massive impact to to people and it sets the the tone you know a lot of people say street design is about designing it so that people know what's appropriate for that street and I think part of it is you know part of that is humans walkers pedestrians people on bikes they learn what the street is designed for by the tone that is set through traffic volumes and things like that so people adapt accordingly very very quickly which is really nice to see.
1: If I had to you know if I had to sort of highlight one little moment where uh, a really kind of positive penny drop in this year just gone by. It was actually back in November when I came up to your neck of the woods, Adam, and I think I talked about it in the podcast, to do an after-dinner speech at a cycling club, and I had to take my suit with me. I don't have a car. I jumped on a train to do the kind of long 100-mile bit in the middle of my journey, but I bookended it either side to get to the train station in London and to get from the train station in the Midlands over to the hotel they put me up in by by riding my folding bike. Mm. And, of course... I'm so stupid I've got two folding bikes in the shed but I spent an hour that morning before I set off on the phone you know if you ever try and book a a full-sized bike onto a train in this country It takes for, it's just, you know, you have to phone some poor soul in an Indian call centre, don't you? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, my word. Don't we know it?
1: And it's really super complicated. It doesn't cost you money, but it just takes forever. It takes so much time. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't always work because sometimes they just say it's all booked up. Anyway, and it was at that point that my partner just turned to me and said, Ned, you've got two folding bikes. And I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've actually got two, and that's a, that's a ludicrous thing. Um, but okay. it was, you know, I, I selected the one with the solid tyres just to make it much harder to ride, but puncture-proof, because I didn't fancy getting a puncture in the middle of kind of the, the countryside around the south of Birmingham. But that was a real moment for me where I thought, actually – Regardless of everything that, you know, Chris is doing in Manchester, Will Norman's doing in, in London, and Adam's obviously going to go on and achieve in the West Midlands in terms of infrastructure, a lot of what we've got is already there for us. And it's a bit, chimes in a little bit with what you're saying, Laura. If you kind of want to find it, you will find it to some extent. And if you want to be creative and think about, well, how can I do this differently? There's a lot more that we can do working with what we've already got in front of us, you know, and that, that, that's, that lies quite clearly and squarely that bit of the experience anyway within our sphere of influence so the stuff that we can do without having to sit back and wait for the world around us to change you know and that was quite that was quite a moment for me because it has been as I alluded to you know, it has been easy to sometimes get frustrated this year, hasn't it, with one step forward and one step back or even two steps forward and two very rapidly backwards again. Yeah. So so that was good. That was, you know, if I want to be positive, that little moment kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit to just being... Yeah. And actually, I've been on that journey personally for kind of three or four years now and I, I need to continue it and see what else, what else I can do with it, you know. Low points? Anyone want to... <laughs> Should we chime in with some low points? I mean, for me in london the kensington cycle lane oh. uh, was probably the low point of the year in terms of not just the thing that happened with the kensington cycle lane but the message it sent out yeah that yeah. was almost more important than the isolated bit of road in itself as a specific item i don't know if you agree with that
2: yeah yeah it was a metaphor wasn't it for for the kind of um uh loathe, to use the word battle but the yeah. yeah there's a little bit of um push and pull uh, a- across the the very immediate need for change and then the protection of the the status quo and i think i think one of the most frustrating things about active travel uh, or, or people who are supporters of active travel which is most people um statistically is, is that it's really good policy like it, it, it's um chris bourbon says it's a really sort of sturdy soapbox to stand on and um the really frustrating thing about that is just the facts did not matter. A- any, uh, you know, representative opinion polling, statistics around, you know, 4,000 people a day were using that cycle lane at, at one point. There was really no rationale behind it. And uh, I think that was that was the most frustrating thing because you felt, you know, you felt powerless effectively to do stuff so because you had all the evidence there that this was worth doing and this was important. And, of course, it's a massive gap in the uh in the network as well. It's not Mm. just a street, it's you know east to west connectivity for the capital city of the country. And uh that's frustrating.
1: Have you seen uh, Laura or Adam have you seen over the festive period Don't Look Up the film on Netflix?
0: No.
2: Oh not yeah. I want I want to I want to watch it. Well well without
1: spoiling it for our listeners, many of whom will have seen it, or either of you, I mean it's a it's not a brilliant film. It's a six or seven out of ten, but it's quite an entertaining way to spend a couple of hours. But the, the, And this isn't a spoiler, I promise you. There is a comet that they've identified that's <laughs> heading towards planet Earth, right? And they know it's coming and it's 10 kilometers wide and it's going to be an extinction event. And the scientists who discover it eventually get an audience in the White House with the president and the, the, the chief of staff. And they say, well, what's the likelihood it's going to strike Earth? And they say, well, it's 99.97% going to strike Earth. And they go, so it's not a certainty then. and and the whole actually the whole film is around being right or having the evidence to back up you know having the facts that justify your position is actually not enough in 2021 it's not even close to being enough because of the landscape in politically and in terms of the media landscape in which we're all operating so yeah that's a a key frustration mm. and I think you're right I think Kensington was a metaphor for that wasn't it yeah. yeah
0: and also not to not to ignore the the pains um of the people in in West Sussex and the old upper the upper Shoreham Road cycle lane which they desperately fought to try and keep there was a huge campaign and also uh, there was a similar case in Brighton and one in Liverpool so yeah yeah it's happened up and down the country facts don't matter it's just you know despite all the support saying that it's not causing congestion that people use it um enables safe journeys for children it just it, when it when it comes down to it, if you don't win like you were saying now that if you don't kind of win win the hearts or minds or the emotional argument you can throw as many facts at people as you want but it will just people could just use it to kind of you know bolster their own position it's yeah if you want to believe something you're going to believe it to an extent
2: I think one of the learnings that I'm going to uh, try and apply that, that that you know no one's not going to point any fingers oh that's right or that's wrong because i think anyone who built cycle lanes in 2020 and 2021 needs to be you know highly commended for for for, for doing that it's really important for them to do that but i think some of the implementation and some of the way just the way things look i'm really torn with with ones w- because ones are you know quite effective and really easy to install from a kind of Traffic management point of view, and from an engineering point of view, you sort of just bolt them into the to the ground. But a lot of looking at the subtext between, you know, a lot of what was being talked about in the areas where there was ones, it was it was the fact that they were unsightly that people kind of kicked off about. And and it's you know ironic because there's lots of things that are unsightly, including <laughs> parking and you know all, all sorts of things. But it's the it's the new things that people focus on. And and I think some of the Manchester cycle lanes that have just been installed in Chorlton some of the areas are kind of using light materials but they're actually using curbs instead of um, wands and it just obviously provides probably similar if not better protection but it just fits so much more Mm -hmm. into the streetscape and i think we had this kind of wild west season in 2020 where you know councils had to do something it was the right thing to do but they were just using materials that they had left in their in their sheds because they couldn't buy any new stuff because it was all sold out so you know, water-filled barriers, things like that, bright red, bright white roadwork stuff. And I think in hindsight, that's probably one of the things that we can learn and and improve on because you have to win the hearts and minds as well as having the, the data to back it up.
0: Yeah, they are quite leery, aren't they? I passed some um, of those wands the other day in in quite a well-healed, leafy area, and um, and they stick out like a sore thumb. It's it's quite funny, really. I remember at one point in central London there was uh, like a temporary lane that had been made out of just cones, like normal traffic cones, the the witches' had mm. things, and um, and they'd all blown over in a high wind, like dominoes. So they were just sort of lying flat on the road, and it was yeah. But then a few months later, got the wands in. Looks kind of looks kind of fine. But yeah, I think it does. I think it does put people off. I think you're
1: right. Yeah, you agree. Yeah, yeah. Laura, I think you invited people on social media, didn't you, to chip in with their their highlights and. Lo- lo-
0: I did. Yeah, and we uh, had loads of
2: people. It was well it was, nice. It was nice to see all those. Yeah,
0: it was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, there's definitely a theme. Um, <laughs> there were definitely themes. Well, let's
1: just let's just run through run through a few of those. Maybe Dawson's Heights on Twitter. Um, uh, it says, the highlight is seeing more people enjoying walking and cycling a positive to come out of the pandemic. Low light, that TFL ad. Yeah. And then a face palm, face palm emoji. Um, do, do, you, do you want to remind us just what that was, uh, Laura, and how it got, well, it didn't get resolved, but it got kind of m- removed. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I was, I was actually going to say um, more people cycling was also a highlight of mine and also more diverse people cycling. Absolutely, and- yeah, yeah. And walking as Completely. well and it's really wonderful to see really really wonderful to see and of course our visit to crisp street um cycle hub a, a testament to the work work of um community groups and kind of local ambassadors to help that yeah the tfl ad i have to admit i couldn't actually watch it i think there's like a level of trauma sometimes when you when you cycle and when you when you've kind of experienced some quite horrible scary behavior from other road users in which you feel like you might genuinely get hurt that I just, I physically couldn't watch it. If, it. if it came on, I would have to mute it and look away <laughs> until it was on. And
1: yeah. Here's the strange thing about it, Laura. As far as I remember it, and it's been a while since I've seen it, but you don't really see what, there's no actual it collision. Really happened, no. There's no real, they just, they just, she slams on the brakes and he looks a bit wobbly and yeah. comes to a halt. And then they start shouting at each other. Yeah. Or rather he starts shouting at her and she starts shouting back. Spoiler alert! You don't really know what the it's all kind of implied. Mm -hmm. It's right. It's pretty odd, actually.
2: Yeah, I think coming from the creative process side of things as well in my day job, you know, there's Mm. you know there would have been a brief to kind of like don't get people to think about what the collision is because of the right and wrong of that. But what you ended up with is kind of this. There's nothingness, which which, you know, to get people close enough to the camera angles so that they could have that dialogue. It had to either be a close pass or she was about to, like, you know, left hook him or something like that. And, and um,
1: yeah. you know, I just, yeah.
2: you know, just totally overreacted, didn't he? I just don't know why he didn't see her point of view. You know, don't, 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 don't you want to just just before you die, don't you want to just see someone else's point of view? But
1: I mean, the, the, you know, because we do need to keep this positive. The positive of the whole story was that TFL reacted really quite promptly. Yes. Um to the uh t- the scorn that was poured quite deservedly i think on the creatives, which is an awful word mm. who came up with that um mm-hmm. uh, abominable b- abominable bit of messaging i think and they yeah. did yeah. to be fair to them they reacted and hooked it, and I doubt we'll yeah. ever see it again so that' a um that was a happy there's aim. a
2: systematic problem here um i've noticed uh, and one of the first things i I've, I've um done in the commissioner role is 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 ask for anything like that to be run past me me first but there is a whole business model I think a whole system of people who are involved in in this line of work and and there is mm. there's lots of money on the table if you're in road safety and none of it I mm. don't you know I think there's some highly proven ways to, to make a difference with road safety policing is one of them Um etc but uh, you know there's there's lots of stuff that you there's money floating around in councils all across the country to do effectively you know handing out high vis jackets and asking people to be nice to each other and i think we need to have a, a a way more evidence-led approach of what actually keeps vulnerable road users safe and just focus on doing that mm. really and and um, leave all the other kind of high vis and flashing light stuff to you know the the highway code or, or whatever but let's not kind of overtly make that what road safety is because it's not really.
0: The West Midlands Police um, pioneered this, didn't they, around their close pass op. That's how it came about. They they looked at mm. what was causing collisions and um, and they tackled those things and they had uh, quite a big impact on road safety and, and it was great, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it feels to me like we're at the beginning of a really long journey with all of this. You know, it reminded me when you were talking just now, Adam, of, of the days, when was it? About four years ago, something like that, where we all had to campaign against tfl putting those yellow stickers on the back of buses oh, that yeah, say that said caution back. cyclists mm. stay back yeah. and only today i went for a run down the river path on the river pool in south london and it's just a park it's literally a park with a um tarmac path along the alongside the river but there is a little depot there that belongs to the council and i think they operate little tractors there that do you know a bit of park maintenance and stuff and overnight like since i've been there suddenly a little um, posters have appeared all around the, the cycle path saying, caution, beware, vehicles operate in this area. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's directed at all the people using the path by foot and occasionally by bike. Yeah. And as far as I could tell, by looking at the depot, there wasn't a single sign there saying to the people in the tractors or anything, caution, you're in a park, there are people, you know, mm. they're using this as a pedestrian. So yeah. it's all... It's all the wrong way around all the time, isn't it? And the more the more incidences like this that are rel- relatively high profile and campaigns that are successful like this, the more maybe the penny will drop, you know. And also we'll come onto this, I'm sure, but the changes to the highway code might have another little, you, you, you know, kind of a effect here to change people's thinking.
2: Yeah, well, that's a potential positive that um, that uh, I think yeah. a couple of um, you know a couple of readers. Uh, uh, we just, uh <laughs> <laughs> so like magazine days um uh, a couple of our listeners uh talked about brian deegan used a lot of uh, acronyms but the bit we did understand was the highway code he was pleased about coming in and and the highway code changes are you know a, a due uh due to be law due to go through and-
1: yeah
0: hierarchy of responsibility which
2: yeah, no, I think I think that that's it, really. That I mean, that's one of the key key things, isn't it? And oh. Adam,
1: when do they come in the highway cha- code changes? Because you know the whole thing about pedestrians having right of way at junctions if they're waiting at the side of the road. Mm. I tried that today. I tried that mm. a couple of times this afternoon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: how how it go for you?
1: Didn't go well, mate. To be honest, <laughs> 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 there's
0: an element of hope, isn't there, at the moment? Like. Oh. I think it's okay. did you not <laughs> did you
1: not shout like rule
2: 170 at them and wave your <laughs> wave your highway code as you as he tried to cross the road i'm yeah. thinking
1: of carrying leaflets around and try you know try and slap them on the uh, the windscreens of cars as they drive past but yeah well,
0: that's what brian deegan did when he was testing out these side road zebras wasn't it he kind of he kind of put they had one did in he? in manchester and then he and then he kind of stepped out repeatedly in front of people to see what they would do so i don't have the
2: exact timings <laughs> in front of me but yeah i know um it's it's due to be ratified uh, I think early in 2022 I think there is some fairly uh, kind of interesting discussions probably going on behind the scenes of of how it's communicated because a lot of people have not read the hybrid code uh, in in decades um, and you know communicating new changes without you know without being preachy and turning people off but also understanding that there are some significant changes here uh is going to be it's going to be really challenging isn't it to to get that across to an entire population but i don't think it's going to be a silver bullet but i think it's um and no point as you will have worked out ned no point being sort of injured and right uh in, in terms of saying uh, well i actually have you not read about the hierarchy of responsibility um but uh but i think in in practice um uh, it will be a positive, uh, positive change that sort of sets the tone for a lot of other things uh, and yeah, maybe the way that idea. our streets are designed and, and things like that
1: listen i'm going to rattle through just very quickly i'm going to rattle through a few um, more contributions from our listeners um Karim uh, Tubaji, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Personal highlight is having made a conscious choice for every local journey in uh, 2021, my family achieved 90% plus of local trips by active mobility. Oh, well done. Really good.
0: And that has got pie charts from this year and last year, which is outstanding.
1: Yeah, pie chart (laughs) of everything they've done. It's amazing. Councillor Rob Wilson um, says, highlights government launching the non-London mini-Holland uh didn't know anything about that i have to admit um laura can you fill us in on that
0: mm, well i don't think any have actually been done but i think there's been a um competition process there's a competition process ongoing is is my oh, understanding um and because the- she goes on to
1: say Shrews- shrewsbury have submitted an eoi whatever that is
0: expression of interest i believe
1: Oh, okay, Um, so they're applying for funding to... Yeah, so,
0: yeah, and I guess in the same way that the London Mini-Hollands, as they were known, are Waltham Forest, Kingston and Ealing. Uh, Ealing?
2: No, Kingston, Kingston, Enfield and Waltham Forest.
1: Uh, Well, we'll come to Ealing in a second, but...
0: Waltham Forest... And Enfield. Why did I think Enfield. Ealing? I always get this confused. Yeah, e, okay. yeah, Enfield. Enfield some great stuff. Um, uh, I just always get confused. So, um, yeah, that's... And, yeah, in the same way that they've kind of acted as showcases uh, for London, the um, the hope is that the ones outside of London will do that for the UK. So, great, yeah. yeah, people can't say, oh, well, that's London. We can't do it. No. Yeah.
1: Edward Taylor. Um Talks about uh, his highlight being the opening of the Chisholm Trail and the new bridge on the River Cam. Ah, yes. being his It's like a lovely of, bridge. No? Yes. That's, um, it's that's a great bridge. I don't know anything about that, but I'll Google it after we've done this recording. Uh, John Stone, who is a journalist who lives in London and does some quite interesting route planning, doesn't he, for people. And you can look him up on YouTube, I think, and he, he'll tell you how to get from A to B by bike in London. Um, he says, low light, definitely Ealing Council, ripping out most of its entire active travel program. Very sad. Highlight being Haringey approving its three first LTNs.
0: Mm. Um,
1: you've mentioned Brian Deegan's uh, contribution. Wandsworth Cycling, on a positive note, general faith that with all the impediments, setbacks and shouting, <laughs> London is accepting the future involves more walking, cycling and fewer cars. And, and Do you know what? I think Wandsworth Cycling account is is correct to say that because it's quite easy to get disheartened, isn't it? It's quite easy to... Uh, Lose yourself in frustration, but actually, the you know, if you kind of rewound four or five years and then another 10 beyond that, yeah, you'd see enormous changes. Absolutely,
0: a lot has changed. Yeah,
1: um, Peter Clinch says Scotland has a government that increasingly gets it. Um, we have a minister who showed up at a Bikeability Scotland session in normal clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and the bad includes predictably crass reactions to him showing up in normal clothes. That's part of it too. And just finally, and I agree with Ride Lester absolutely about this, a highlight of 2021 has been the BBC journalist based in the Netherlands. Yes. Anna Holligan, look her up on Twitter if you're not already, who does her glorious news <laughs> from the cycle path almost daily actually where she... She um, has fixed a camera on her bike and cycles up wherever she happens to be in the Netherlands. Cycles up and down in all weathers, um, doing yep. the news really, Wonderful. <laughs> telling you yeah. what's happening in the world. It's um, it's a great bit of video. She she posts regularly and it's a really good. It's great. Good good positive um positive message, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: It's really, um, it's really cut through. I think as well, just to people who aren't into bikes as well. You know, she's a she's a mom. She's not a you know inverted commas cyclist that that we would define her as in this country. Somebody who rides a bike every day, but obviously the Netherlands don't really have uh, have cyclists in that sense. There's people that ride bikes, and and to see some of the the fact that also she's got some brilliant kind of uh, sort of balancing act with her, you know, her her work and her her home life as well. Often her kids in tow and having to do, she you know, she's doing live pieces on the 10 o'clock news with, you know, uh, in the middle of nowhere just with a phone kind of set up and it's really impressive to show that Actually, the bikes can make a um, a big difference, and it can be totally normal. And I was listening to the media show on Radio Four the other day with John Snow on there. He's retiring from Channel Four. Oh yeah. And he said that um, uh, he said that one of the the main reasons he got good scoops was because he had a bicycle, because he just got around London before anyone else did. Uh, got exactly. to the stories, yeah. got his microphone out, started talking to people before anyone else arrived because they were all in cars. Uh, which I thought was nice.
1: Totally true as well, isn't it? I mean, let's not forget that the bicycle averted the Third World War breaking out during the Cuban Missile Crisis, didn't it? Because the message that was passed from the uh, Soviet Embassy in Washington to the White House, the lines were down or couldn't be operated, the secure lines, and a a message had to be delivered by a bicyclist instead. And it only just got there in time. There we go.
2: I mean, I did not know that. That's uh, That's that's a good one. I didn't know that either.
1: very good. So, have we got time? Do you think just to nip through the year and the key little stories?
2: Yeah. yeah. Should we do that? Let's have a. Let's go back down memory lane.
1: January 2021. Questions were raised over the future of pop-up bike lanes up and down the country after TfL's street space defeat. <laughs> God, that seems like old-fashioned news already, doesn't it? Street space defeat in the High Court. All over taxi access to Bishopsgate in the city of London. The street was made cycle and bus only in the 2020s emergency active travel measures, which a judge then ruled unlawful. Then TFL successfully appealed and overturned the ruling in June. Um, Laura, what's happened to street space? Is that still a
0: thing? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the emergency stuff, much of which has been made permanent. I think you do see the odd because they were sort of blue and white filled barriers, uh, waterfield mm. barriers.
1: They were ugly.
0: Yeah, they were ugly. They were ugly. Some of them, bit comes them to uh, to pedestrians yeah. because they were basically fences. If you were, if you couldn't step over yeah. them, or well, you couldn't actually get through them at all, because they were just fences, uh, a bit awkward. But yeah, some of them have been made permanent. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think TFL's funding situation is just dreadful. They're getting sort of bits and bobs from government, but there's no, there's no real long-term planning. There are a couple of things that were supposed to be built months and months ago that just haven't appeared. So I think there has been some continuation, but it's all a bit up in the air because nobody knows how much money there's going to be in six months' time. So, yeah.
1: Back in January as well, research by Adam on behalf of the hashtag Bike His Best campaign revealed the former cycle lane uh, turned back into a driving lane by Kensington and Chelsea Council in 2020 was blocked by parked cars for 80 percent of the time and the council agrees to revisit the scheme um two things on that Adam one is bike is best was um was that all this year good grief
2: yeah this year and, and last year we're gonna we're, and we're going in our, into our kind of what is technically our third year next year funded by the industry to kind of do do more advocacy work and, and more um Pulling campaign work uh, marketing work so
0: good stuff, yeah it?
2: yeah it's been good and um Videos. yeah we've done lots of lots of research as well which has kind of created a bit of a news thing but um on this one it, it got a lot of people talking we were trending on the you know the guardian homepage for for a bit but um uh, as we were talking about earlier only having data on your side is uh, is, is is not enough but we did have some some good data. It did make the whole situation look rather silly.
0: I wonder if that Twitter campaign still still monitoring. That car, is the car still parked in the Kensington bike lane? Anyway, digressing.
1: <laughs> and for, also in January, work begins, uh, and I think you were alluding to this, Laura, earlier on, work begins to remove a popular cycle lane on Upper Shoreham Road in West Sussex. Yeah. Following unsubstantiated claims, it caused congestion. So you're obviously up to speed sad. on that controversy, Yeah. It's just gone, has it?
0: It's just gone. And there was one in Old Shoreham Road in uh, Brighton, which I think may have suffered the same fate. I think you're right. Um, They were supposed to join in the middle. One road leads to another. Um, And, uh, yeah, Upper Shoreham turns into Old Shoreham and, yeah, vice versa. But, yeah... They, uh, one got removed and then the other one got removed. And uh, yeah, super sad for people who live there and they desperately campaigned for it. And all the evidence showed that it was not causing congestion. It was very popular and all of that, but it didn't matter. So yeah, the councillor that that, that ripped out hadn't even visited. Is
2: there some sort of legal challenge going on, Laura?
0: Cycling UK is doing the legal challenge. Um, It's been granted the... right to challenge um, to do a judicial review and um, that's ongoing and I think they're expecting an answer in January on that so yeah Cyclist Defence Fund. All right well we spent far
1: too much time talking about cycling outside of London let's get back to talking about cycling in in, in London. Well a big big (laughs) London-based story in May was the re-election of Sadiq Khan on a mandate of more I mean, obviously a whole load of things, but also on a mandate of more cycle and walking infrastructure being put in place. But I think what was quite interesting about this election um, from a voter's point of view here, Laura, was that actually, um, uh, you know, I've, I've, I have I've, think in the past I've questioned Sadiq Khan's commitment um, to uh, cycling walking infrastructure. Mm. I'm not alone in that. You're not alone. But what was quite a feature, I think, of this particular mm. election is that he was almost, alone, apart from the Green candidates, he was almost a lone voice in this, wasn't he? Because
0: Lib Dems weren't yeah. Yeah, Lib but Dems all right, maybe bad. I didn't concentrate but on the nationally Libs. they were a bit flip floppy. But he yeah, was facing
1: a candidate in the Conservative opponent who was really
0: quite
1: really quite unequivocally kind of opposed to a lot of this, wasn't he? Mm. Um Although
0: he said he wasn't, but he kind of but then he actually was. But he, he actually was, he was if saying. you drill down and listen to his yeah. in,
1: the interviews he yeah. gave were very revealing, weren't they? So um yeah. I don't I don't know whether you can really I don't know how much that kind of played into Sadiq Khan's victory, but it was probably... There was a lot
0: going on yeah. outside of cycling. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it was it was good news if you want more cycling in London because, um, yeah, Sean Bailey was not into cycling and actually has had to step down because of... Um,
1: Having a party yeah. when Lockdown no one was allowed races. to have parties. <laughs> That's so what, that the, would have been
0: awkward if you was mayor. <laughs> yeah.
1: This time next year, we'll be quizzing Adam Tranter about his Christmas parties that he had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura, you were responsible for the media... Well, you, you worked very yeah. hard on delivering the media reporting guidelines oh gosh, I did. Um, yeah in May. I almost
0: forgot about this, actually. I only put it in at the last minute. I yeah. suddenly remembered. Yeah. Well, remind us oh, what yeah, that was that
1: and what happened with it. And
0: uh, So, yeah, guidelines for media reporting on uh, road safety, road collisions, uh, just to try and improve language, which impacts how we think about things, which impacts who we place blame on and trying to sort of even things out a bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's really only the start of work it needs it needs sort of pushing uh now so yeah watch this face I guess
2: mm. don't don't underestimate how much um I think how much progress you made Laura though I think it was really um uh, really important to get this down on paper so that people can reference it and create a discussion mm. about it and and you know I know that not everyone's on board from a from a media perspective and, and there are some <laughs> challenges in terms of um you know, some of the, some of the, 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 pointers, which there's still like, you know, even people who are kind of supportive of active travel measures are, um, you know, unsure about, uh, about a few points on, on things like that. But
0: yeah. And I, I would change now. I would, there's stuff I would change about mm, them definitely. Mm. And the stuff that I no longer, um, yeah, I would like to see it updated.
2: But I was, I was going to so, say though that, yeah. that, that uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen tweets from the metropolitan police and other people like that who have, who have ch- changed their language be- as a result of the, the, the guidelines, you know, yeah. saying that a driver was involved rather than just the car. So, yeah,
1: that's ace. Yeah. Well, that's job done in my yeah. book. Well, not job done, but, but job <laughs> job begun. And <laughs> it's a national
0: i tell you, you what, Laura, no one else,
1: now. no, but as Adam says, you know, no one else was doing it and you did. So, um, you know, was a, uh, that was a good thing. Uh, and it has moved the dial. Yeah. June 2021, this was big, wasn't it? The government agreeing £1.08 billion for TfL in the kind of ongoing and piecemeal saga of their funding, but significantly specifying that £100 million of that billion-pound fund, so 10% or thereabouts, should be spent on healthy streets and active travel programs. Uh-huh. wonder how that's shaping up six months down the line. Yeah. Let's move on to July, then, when the government launched gear change one year on, showing that cycling has increased a staggering 46% during the pandemic, making that the greatest increase, a big step change in post-war history. Um, Showcasing improvements over the previous 12 months and announcing funding sanctions against councils that remove cycle lanes prematurely, focusing instead on data collection. Uh, also announced that Active Travel England should be formed and a passing reference um, also to pavement parking, which is our, one of our big bugbears on this podcast, isn't it? I remember that coming out in July, even though I was kind of focusing on the Tour de France myself, um, but thinking that's really, that went further in some of the language um, and some of, you know, the, the, the uh, direction of travel than I was anticipating from the government on that point. Yeah, it was a it yeah. was a positive move. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was positive. And we're still waiting on the formation of Active Travel England. I think they were talking about um, or, uh, autumn, uh, and then uh, still waiting, but hopefully next year.
2: There was a, an announcement, um, according to to one of the accounts on Twitter, um, a, a, an email to local authorities saying expect news in in January. Um, so you know, it has been a long time coming, but it's not an insubstantial thing to to set up. Um, and also set up so that, you know, future governments follow yeah. the the programme rather than, you know, abolishing it or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, that would be that would be big news when it uh, when it comes.
1: Also in July, uh, decisions were taken in Brighton, as we discussed, to remove cycle lanes. And I didn't know this or rather if I did, I've forgotten. But Liverpool also uh, Liverpool Council took out some cycle lanes yeah. much more. Famously, at least down in London in August, because it was such a stink about it as well, and it was so rancorous, was the decision that Ealing took to take out its many low-traffic neighbourhoods, uh, which it had put in place in, a, in some kind of Victorian residential grid streets. Um, they've all gone, I think. Is that right? Have they all gone?
2: Uh, all but, I think, one. Um, again, the, the, the polling is peculiar because it... it, it, it it for, for two for purposes for things that are too long for this podcast but um it, it basically allowed residents to say whether they wanted to keep it or not which made it sound like you know it's something that only a affects uh, yeah and a referendum but also only affects residents and actually ltns are part of the transport network right so we need to um we, we need to we do need to listen to, to other folk but uh when we get that feedback from other folk it was very clear that you know a lot of people outside the borough were responding to that which um based on what i have just said sounds fair i think everyone should be able to have their say but uh, as laura's mentions these things shouldn't be referendums and there's no you know requirement for these things to be referendums sometimes you've got to do you've got to do them in the right way you've got to make the effort to consult and try and bring people along with you but no no policy ever has received unanimous uh, you know, 100% positive feedback. And if you look at the things over over the past of, of wheelie bins or the smoking ban or bus lanes or even sewers, you know, we would have had sewers in London several decades before we actually had them if it wasn't for the kind of pushback that there was of sewers. You know, sometimes you've got to just do this stuff. It's hard, but you've got to do it.
1: Uh, massive news for you in November, Adam.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It popped up. You followed me on Twitter. Um, which I was uh, just just I mean, humbled, humbled and delighted about.
1: <laughs> super, <laughs> super awkward. I had no idea I was following you, but I've enjoyed I've enjoyed following you ever since, particularly. I enjoyed when you announced your commission mm. um, the other day, and your kind of politician stride.
2: Had a politician stride in my uh, in my blue suit. I thought if um, people can't say I'm anti-car, if I'm if I look like I'm dressed like a quick fit mechanic. <laughs> um,
1: so, and then we come to December just briefly. Department for Transport announcing that they're going to publish a report into pop-up cycling and walking schemes. That's the good news. <laughs> the bad news is that according to Cycling UK, it's going to take three years basically to see the results. There'll be no baseline data until this time next year. And the results of the report might be published as late as 2024. (laughs) Nothing like a climate emergency to sharpen minds. Um, (laughs) Good news, though. Let's end on the good news as we review the year. Cycle mode share in London doubling from a staggeringly low. (laughs) But it's the direction of travel, folks. Um, 2.7%. in 2019, 2020, to 5.3 uh, percent, according to Transport for London, and that's a big in. That's a big increase. Um, that was good news, wasn't it, Laura?
0: Very good news. Yeah, very, very good news.
1: It will be better news if it carries on growing at that rate. Yes, um, at that rate, exactly. And uh, hat tip to the boroughs of Haringey approving that. I think we mentioned that before. Their first LTNs this month. Oxford voting to make uh, Cowley low transport neighbourhoods permanent and Hackney getting involved as well with um, and Islington making other low-traffic neighbourhoods in their boroughs permanent. And of course, the final big news of uh, December 2021 that Adam becomes a walking and cycling commissioner. Which leads us on, I think we should finish with our, you know, all three of us, our hopes for something really positive to emerge in 2022. Or, Or It doesn't have to be a massive thing, even if it's a small thing. I had a little think about what I might say when I was out for my run this afternoon. So I've got something up my sleeve, but who wants to lead off
0: what do we say? Such a big thing, one thing. So um I I think I would just like to see it less of a kind of postcode lottery for for safe cycling routes in, in the UK. But it's the chances are that it's gonna stay that way for some time. But that's what I would like to see because everyone deserves safe, safe cycling, walking routes.
2: I would like to from from a commissioner point of view, I think I would like to um try and implement some some small but really effective measures uh, that that can, can have a real impact across the across the West Midlands. So there will be big stuff and there will be important the the big ticket items that people can kind of open and 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 take a lot of planning. But I think there's some really important things we can do around cycle hangers. I think there are some really important things we can do about uh drop curbs about contraflow cycling little things that could open up a network using the infrastructure we already have like you pointed out earlier ned and i think personally i just uh, i'm really enjoying walking a lot at the moment i um, broke my elbow uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago um and haven't been able to ride my bike but i have been able to walk um and i've been doing that and i think that's it's a really important perspective doing my job uh, and making sure that that we do everything we can to get people to walk for for short journeys.
1: A- absolutely. Um I couldn't agree more. Um here's a thing that I thought about, you know, my longing for covid to do one and leave our lives and stop and stop dictating the terms on which we live our lives at the moment. Um I was struck by I don't know how I don't know in your neighborhoods guys whether you have many of these, but I think there are quite a few up and down the country. Probably hundreds actually. For, for the duration of the pandemic so far about 500 meters from here by a shopping center there is a small ish car park belong which belongs to lewisham council and is run by lewisham council that uh, has been turned over to a to be a covid test center with gazebos and god knows what and you know it's not a particularly big covid test center but it's been there for a year and a half by my reckoning already and it, it takes over the entire car park now I was thinking that, I don't know how many there are of these places, but I think there are a lot in the country that have been sighted in car parks. I want, when this damn thing goes away, and we don't have the need for these COVID test centres everywhere, I want, when they all go home, I don't want these facilities to be car parks any longer, because self-evidently, the world has not stopped turning because those car park places have been taken away from our landscapes. We have got by perfectly well without them, As far as I know, there are no social media or other campaigns to get alternative car park places put in place because we have all been denied these car park places that we so desperately need. I see no justification in continuing to run them as car parks. I want them to be dug over and I want them to be be turned over to the community and given over to green spaces, rewild them and make them something much, much better, less useless and destructive than a car park. And I think that is a simple fix and I see no possible argument why that shouldn't be done as soon as we're done with COVID test centres. Oh,
0: that's a good one. That's really good. The one I go to is in a car park as well. There you go. Yeah.
2: Imagine walking past and going, oh, this place has gone right downhill. This used to be a beautiful COVID test
1: (laughs) centre. Look at it now, all overgrown with um, life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was that. Thank you, I suppose. I should thank... Well, and I should definitely thank you two for um, being my companion on this podcast throughout 2021. You, I guess we're going to carry on, aren't we, in 2022? Yeah. I see no reason not
2: yeah. to. Yeah, we'll keep doing it. Keep yeah, doing it. absolutely. I feel like um, about a couple of weeks ago when when my new job was announced, I, I, um, I, I reached a point where I don't think I could better on my uh on my local radio station where i was uh introduced or, or segwayed to the backstreet boys which i think could be a nice outro for us uh, on this special occasion
1: oh yes yes do you know i'm so glad you reminded me that yep so this is um we're gonna leave you with this and then our title music as well at the end um but yeah you should you should uh you should have a little listen to the um, the music that accompanies Adam's introduction coming up shortly on a local radio station. In the meantime, though, uh, thank you very much to Adam and to Laura. You've been listening to Streets Ahead. Let us know what you think at Pod Streets Ahead. Rate us and review us, and we mean it, please, because it really helps us jump up the charts and algorithms and all that sort of thing, and share the podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. In the meantime, Happy New Year. We'll catch you in 2022. And this is Adam. And the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Bye. Commissioner Adam Tranter, the new commissioner in charge of cycling and walking in the West Midlands. On the show this afternoon. Right, it's nearly quarter to four. Bony M? I like a bit of
2: Bony M before four. But right now, here's the Backstreet Boys.